Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Father, we are thankful, we are grateful tonight that you have ordered our steps, Lord, to be in your courts. Lord, this is what we have desired and this is what we have received. And Lord, as we have come, we pray that we will not live the same. We ask of your spirit to minister to our hearts. Change us, Lord. Transform our minds. Transform our hearts. Let there be a change in our relationship with you. Let there be a change in our attitude towards the things of God. We glorify your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands together for the Lord and please be seated. Oh, clap your hands for our powerful present worship, our instrumentalists. Wow. Our young instrumentalists are becoming powerful. What a blessing. God is good. I've come to really believe that God can really raise up stones to praise him if we will not worship him. Amen. So you realize that it is always a privilege when you have the opportunity to praise God, to worship God, to dance for God. We're singing, we'll shout in freedom and we are not shouting. We say we will jump, but we are standing. You know? So sometimes it shows that um, we are not really serious about what we are saying. Mm-hmm. We clap, but we are not clapping. May the Lord have mercy on us. Amen. Amen. Or you are clapping in your heart. <laughs> Shouting in your heart. Well, tonight, I um, want us for some time, just share again on the subject of the good work that God has begun in you. Are you tired of hearing me preach on this message? Well, I want you to look at this as a very broad subject, and we are preaching about every area of your life, if you've realized. You know, we've given it a subject or a topic, and we say the good work that God has begun in you, we have been sharing this for several weeks now. And um, I want you to see that we are talking about every area of our lives that God is working on. And if you look closely, we are addressing different aspects of our lives. Amen. So each one that we are talking about, each area that we are talking about can be a whole message on its own. Do you understand? But um, just to give you the perspective, so we are sharing in this format. Now we've been talking under this subject, we talked about the good work that God has begun in your spirit. We shared a lot on that, and then we talk about the good work that God has begun in your soul, 
And then we talk about the good work that God has begun in your flesh. And then we are talking about the good work that God has begun in your finances. Isn't that so? We're talking about the good work that God has begun in your finances. That God is very much interested in your finances. And why not? God must be interested in your finances. Amen. Your finances can actually even cause your downfall. It can even cause a disappointment in God if you don't really know the mind of God. If you don't understand the mind of God, it can even make you feel disappointed in God. Amen. But God wants you to understand that he has a good mind towards you when it comes even to your finances. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, when you are working with someone and you know the person's mind about you, it, it makes it easy to work or walk with the person. Do you see? And even the things that appear to be setbacks, you know the person's ultimate goal. And so they don't turn you off from working with the person. Isn't that so? So if you, you, you live in your father's house and you know the inheritance, you know his will, you know you have an idea about his will, what your name, what pertains to, or the, as far as his will is concerned, where you stay, what comes to you, it doesn't matter what he does to you. Do you understand? It doesn't matter what he says to you. It doesn't matter what school he puts you in. Even though you don't like it, you want to go, you want to please him because you know that ultimately he has a good mind about you. Isn't that so? Yeah. So we need to know God's mind about us. And as far as your finances are concerned, God has a good mind towards you. So under this, I want you also to put it in point so you understand the things that we are talking about. So under this, we have talked about, under this particular subtopic about the good work that God is doing on your finances, the first point that we talked about is that God wants you to be rich, blessed, and prosperous. Did we talk about that? Yes, that God wants you to be rich, blessed, and prosperous. And then we said the work does not, the second point, we said the work does not begin at the same level for all of us. And we gave various reasons why. We gave at least three or four reasons why the work does not begin at the same level for all of us. And reason number one, so under that point, we said one of the reasons is that some of us came to God in debt. We came to God in the negative. Okay. And second point, or B, we said we all have different earning capacities. We all come to God with different earning capacities. We don't all have the same earning capacity. And so God has to do different work or at, we, we get to find ourselves at different stages as far as the work that God is doing in our lives. And number three, or C, we said we have inherited traditions or attitudes of laziness, non-performance, and backwardness. 
And the, that's the next point. We has, there's a prolonged exposure to poverty. That mentality of poverty. Amen. And all of this will determine the kind of work that God has to do on us. Amen. And then point number three, we said, do not seek after riches. Do not seek after riches. If you were here, I think that was probably the last point that we shared. We said, do not seek after riches. Don't let riches be your life's goal. Amen. Don't let riches be your life goal. And that God wants you to have a deeper understanding as far as wealth is concerned. That you look at wealth from God's perspective, not from the world's perspective. If you look at wealth from the worldly perspective, then you get it all wrong. Then you cannot walk with God. Isn't that so? That is what we shared. We said we cannot walk with God if all our minds, if all our search is about wealth. And that we pursue after wealth the same way that the world is pursuing after riches. Amen. Amen. The Bible made it clear to us that this is how the Gentiles or the unbelievers, this is what they seek after. This is what they seek after. They, are, they always wake up looking for wealth. And last week we were sharing that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things. Was it last week? Two weeks ago. That a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. Your life, does not, your life is not made of your, your, your happiness. Fulfillment in your life does not consist in the abundance of things that you have. And then you realize that no matter how much you have, you're always yearning to have more because you are not full. It's not fulfilled. There's something that is missing because abundance of things does not make a fulfilled life. Do you see? You've never come to a stage where you say you have enough dress that you don't need any more dresses. No matter how many you have or how many shoes that you have, you will never come to a stage where you say, I have enough shoes. Now, I don't think I need any more shoes. Have you ever arrived at that stage before? You see? Because you think one more shoes will do. One more pair of shoes will do. One, this nice, I don't have this particular color dress. And just having this color, I think it will just make my wardrobe complete. And then when you have that color, then there's another color that is completely different from all the other colors that you have. Amen. So you realize that the thing that really brings fulfillment, if you don't add it, you will be searching and searching and searching because you think that something else, there's one more thing of this that is going to bring fulfillment. But it's not. Because a man's life consisted not in the abundance of things. Things. 
that he possesses. Amen. Amen. And so let us not have our hearts be searching and searching and searching about things because it will never bring us fulfillment. And the people who supposedly have so much money, if there's no God in it, you will be searching for more money because you will think more money will make you happy. Do you see? You have one small house and you think that if it was just big enough, we will be okay. If it was just two bedrooms, we will be okay. And then you have two bedrooms and then you think if it was just three bedrooms, that is exactly what we need. It will be perfect for us. And then when you have that, then you are having something else, a desire for something else. Amen. And then we realize also that when you have more, when you have more, the eaters also increase. When you have more, you, you want the eaters to increase. You feel it's not right that you have more and the eaters are not there. You don't feel okay. You don't feel okay. That is why whenever you have more, you increase the eaters. You add more eaters. Amen. You add more eaters. At any stage, so you realize that at any stage, what you earn equals the eaters. What you earn equals the eaters. Isn't that so? What you earn equals the eaters. What is the scripture that we read? Proverbs 22 and verse 1. It says, no, not Proverbs 22. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 10. Was it Ecclesiastes 5? Yes. Let's read it again. It says, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. That is also vanity. So if you love abundance, you realize that you will never be satisfied with abundance. If you love to have more silver, more silver is not going to make you happy. Amen. More silver is not going to make you happy. You can acquire and acquire and acquire. Now the key thing is the love for it. God is not against more silver. God is not against more gold. Do you understand? But if that is your love and that is what you are pursuing after and that is going to make you happy, then you realize that you can have more and more and more. You will still will need, have a need for one more silver. One more silver. Amen. And so it says, when the increase comes, when the goods increase, then there are more eaters. When the goods increase, then there are more eaters. So in the end, there's no difference. The only difference that this makes is that you, it's just to behold them with your eyes. To behold them with your eyes. So that is why you realize you, you find people who have big houses. They have bought a big house with so many rooms, decorated them and all kinds of things, and you cannot use them except beholding with the eyes. So you see people come around and then you just take them around, just look. You say, I want to take you for a house tour. So you can see, behold the eyes. 
Because they, they don't know what to do with them, except they're waiting for you to come so they can take you around to behold with your eyes. Yeah, someone says you rent them out to spiders. They enjoy your jacuzzi when you are. Amen. Yeah, so we must not seek riches. Amen. That is not what our life's goal should be, that we are seeking after riches. Amen. So do not seek after riches. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So today, I want us to continue. Amen. You want to continue. And the next point, number four, is seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. Point number four is seek the kingdom. Hallelujah. So you realize that anyone whose heart goes after seeking the kingdom of God will now have a different purpose for whatever it is that you are doing. When your heart goes after seeking the kingdom of God, then you begin to have a different purpose in life about anything that you are doing. For example, if you are wealthy, then suddenly the wealth now has a new purpose. Your wealth now defines a new purpose for you. If you are working, you realize that suddenly your work has a different objective. You don't understand what I'm sharing with you. If you are a student, you realize that as a student, your studies have now different objective compared to other students who do not have the same heart as yours, seeking after the kingdom of God. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You realize that if your heart is seeking after God, then what you have becomes that of God. You are God. You are the Lord. Amen. So everything you have seems to be the Lord's. If your heart is really after God, you don't have that. So you cannot relate to what I'm saying. right? So on the other hand, if what you are seeking after is not of the kingdom of God, then you realize that now that thing that you are seeking after begins to control you. It takes shape of your life and it begins to control you. It defines your life. It defines your agenda. It defines your program. It defines your schedule. What you are seeking for and what your heart is pursuing. That is why the Lord says, seek ye first the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. So if you seek the kingdom, then now the kingdom is going to now define life for you. Now the kingdom is going to control you. Amen. 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 The kingdom will control your activities if you seek the kingdom. And every Christian must have it as a goal, an objective to seek after the kingdom of God first. Every Christian, you must make it an objective to seek after the kingdom of God first. Seek after the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. 
You see, when we look in the Bible, when we look in the Bible, and we look at the people of God, let's say we take someone like David, for instance. You know, David is someone who was promoted by God. David was not any great person. Do you understand? David was not from any strong background. He didn't have a name. One time, in fact, he was reflecting on what God had done for him. He was reflecting on the things that God had done for him, how far God has brought him in life. And he said, God took him from following the sheep. Psalm 78, verse 70. Psalm 78, verse 70. He said, God took him from following the sheep and placed him in front of the lost people. He says, he chose David also, his servant, and took him from the, Psalm 78, verse 70. He chose David also, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes, not ewes. <laughs> it's not following the ewes. He said, hey, ewes, we are in the Bible. We are very important. <laughs> Amen. These are different AOS. These are sheep. It's an old word for sheep and lamp. Or female sheep. Amen. It says he took them from following the eels. Say eels. I know AOS. Great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob, his people. And Israel, his inheritance. So David was not a wealthy person. He did not come from a wealthy family. He didn't have a strong family background. Do you see? He didn't have a high capacity to earn. Amen. He, his father, in fact, had few sheep. The Bible describes, it says, the few sheep that he was following. Have you left the few sheep that you are following? He was tendering this few sheep. But David became one of the wealthiest people ever lived. He was a wealthy man. Someone just from following sheep. God had a good mind about him. And brought him forward. Amen. And David did not achieve this wealth by pursuing or making his his aim to seek after wealth. It wasn't his aim that we will have a large farm, a large flock of sheep and be wealthy. That was not David's aim. That was not his goal. Rather, he made it his aim to seek after the kingdom. He made it his aim to seek after God. That is what David did. Amen. And you could tell, you could tell from his attitude, you could tell from how he related to God, you could tell from the, the way he related towards the things of God. You could see that he, his, he was seeking after the kingdom. He was pursuing the kingdom of God. Helen, are you understanding the word of God? That was what his heart was after. His heart was going after the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Psalm 84 and verse 10. Psalm 84, verse 10. Look look at some of the things that David will say. He says, For a day 
in thy court is better than a thousand. A day in thy court is better than a thousand. It means, as for him, one day in the Lord's house is better or is worth more to him than a thousand days elsewhere. You see, you must understand. It says, for one day that he will dwell in the house of the Lord, to him it is worth more than spending a thousand days elsewhere. So that means, if David, for instance, was working at a place where he was making a hundred dollars a day, you see, we have to break the scriptures down so we can understand it, so that we can relate with the scriptures. Do you understand? Because, you see, when you hear, when you read these things, and you are singing with them, you know, you can properly relate with it. You say, oh, spirit, this is a very spiritual something. Do you understand? But if David, for instance, was earning $100 a day, are you with me? He was earning $100 a day. And he will work a thousand days. How much is that? You cannot calculate. You, have, you earn $100 a day and you work 1,000 days. It's $100,000. Ah, it's simple mathematics. You people, we can easily cheat you. Ah. Or you're talking about taxes. <laughs> okay, his take home is $100. Let's make it simple. His take home is $100. So if you were to work 1,000 days, how many days is that? How many dollars are there? These are, these, these are $100,000. That's a lot of money. That is what I'm trying to say. Isn't that a lot of money? That's a lot of money. So it means to David that $100,000 to him is nothing compared to one Sunday that he will spend in church or one Tuesday that he will spend in church. That is what he's saying. That is what he's saying. That one Sunday that I get to be in church is worth to me more than $100,000. Or one Tuesday that I get to spend in church is worth to me more than $100,000. Amen. Then he says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Working for all kinds of wicked people. Working for all kinds of people who don't fear God. Men who say they are women. Women who say they are men. And working for all kinds of people. He says, I would rather, rather be a doorkeeper. No pay. Do you understand? No pay. So what does that mean? It means that David would rather be an usher in the house of God. He would rather be an usher in the house of God. He would choose to be an usher in the house of God than to be the CEO of Apple Computers. Or than to be the CEO of Verizon. He would rather be an usher in the house of God than to be a CEO at Morgan Stanley. Eric, do you understand the word of God? 
This is David. This is his heart. This is his heart. This is how he looks. You see, when your heart is after something, your perspective about everything else changes. And it is oriented towards that thing. His heart is after the kingdom of God, after the things of God. So to him, the position as a CEO of a big company, it's nothing to him. He would rather be an usher in the house of God. And we are talking about one of the wealthiest people that ever lived. And assessing his heart, what his heart sought after. Amen. Amen. So we are not talking about a pastor. Do you understand? David was not a pastor. We are not talking about a pastor. David had his own pastor. Huh? He had his own pastor. His pastor was the prophet Nathan, who would come and also preach to him and bring him messages from God. So we are not talking about a pastor. We are not talking about, so don't, don't spiritualize it. And say, oh, yeah, but you are talking about David. We are talking about a common man, also a, a secular person, ordinary person, a shepherd, an em- employee also just like you. Amen. So, you see, when you cannot relate like that, then you cannot even put yourself in a position as, me, I can also do that. That you even yearn to be like that. But we are looking at an ordinary person, ordinary man who sought after the kingdom of God. And the way he sought after the kingdom of God gave him a different perspective about everything that he did. It gave him a different value to everything that he could see or that he could have. It gave him a different value. It gave him a different value for the position as an usher compared to a CEO of a big company. Or a director of some big company. Are you with me? Yeah. So he assigned different values and different meaning to everything. So for instance, when David was told, for instance, that some enemy is mocking the people of Israel, is mocking the people of Israel or attacking the people of Israel, David saw it as a personal mocking, a personal attack on God. And he says, uh, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You know, and he sees it as you are mocking God. So to him, now that his mind and his heart is about the kingdom, everything to him is about the kingdom. If David is going to war, he sees it as going to a war of God. He sees it, if he has a victory in a war, he sees it as a victory for God or a victory from God. So everything about him, you see, that's what I'm trying to share with you, that when your heart is going after something, when your heart is pursuing after something, that thing defines everything about you. That thing will define, it will control you, your thoughts, your assessment, your values. It will control you. If your heart is after money, sitting in church for more than 45 minutes, it's money. It's, hey, reverend, eh, we, we, have to, eh, we have to sleep and wake up. Eh? Time is money. So time becomes money. Time, even in the house of God, becomes money. Time is everything. Because your heart is after money. 
Hallelujah. So even if you are taking a time off for any other meeting, you are taking a time off for a camp for three days. Hey, three days. You see? And then you are calculating how much. You know, they are not going to pay me. How much am I losing? You see, that is true. It takes everything for you. Amen. So when David has money, it's God's money. It's, it, it's, it's God's money. Everything is for God. When David has a house, he thinks that a king's palace cannot be nicer than the church. You know, he, 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 I mean, how often have you thought about your decoration in your apartment and the church? And say, oh, I think I've decorated my apartment too nice, nicer than the church. You see, but that's David. That's David. He says, Yo, you, the, the tent of the Lord, the, I mean, the, 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 the tabernacle of the Lord cannot dwell in tents. The ark of God cannot dwell in tents. And this is on his mind. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? This is on his mind. So everything about him now is directed, controlled, defined, valued, based on the kingdom of God. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. So listen to some of the things that he will say. Psalm 27 and verse 4. Listen to what he said. Psalm 27 and verse 4. He says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after is to become the CEO of Citibank. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after is to have my green card. Is it so? One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after is to become an American citizen. That I'm pursuing, I'm going after. One thing have I desired that will I seek after is to have a grand wedding. My dream wedding. That is my heart. Every day I wake up, my dream wedding. One thing have I desired that I will seek after. The way my gown is going to look. The veil. You know, how I will walk in. One thing that, that, Reverend, that's one thing that I've desired. Oh my, that's what I have desired. I have a dream about how my wedding should be. It's just going to be once in a lifetime. You are, you are rehearsing how you walk. You are rehearsing your dance. One thing have I desired. And you are seeking after it. Amen. One thing have I desired. That will I seek after. Is to marry an Aaron. I'll marry an Aaron. And you are pursuing. You are looking for an Aaron. 
So who is in the church that has uh, is Aaron? Who are the single ones that are Aaron? Aaron. Aaron. I heard this one is Aaron. No, no, no. It's uh, not this one. One thing that have I desire. That will I seek after. But look at David. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. That will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord sometimes. Every other Saturday. Every other Sunday. Every now and then. One thing have I desired of the Lord. One thing that when I go before the Lord, I am asking for. That will I seek after. That means that I will go after. Is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. Amen. So if tonight I were to ask you, what is the one thing that you have desired of the Lord? That you are seeking after? Is it to dwell in the house of the Lord? Is that the one thing? Is that the serious? Okay, let me see by show of hands. Someone who is the one thing that you have desired of the Lord, that you are seeking after, is to dwell in the house of God. Wow. Seriously. So, this is your heart desire. Hey. In fact, there are Davids in the church. Oh. That as you wake up in the morning, you can't wait for church to open. So why is it that when I announce that we are not having a Tuesday service yet? So lift up your hands again. The ones who have a desire, one thing have you desired that will you seek after, that you go after, that you go on your knees every day praying, Lord, make a way that I will dwell in your cause all the days of my life. Wow. Wow. Please, just write these names down for me. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Some people, I believe that... um, Oh, keep your hands up. <laughs> okay, powerful. Power. Some hands have gone down. Okay, okay. Amen. Hallelujah. What a shock. It's powerful. But you see, when you read a scripture, it says, one thing, one thing. It says, one thing have I desired of the Lord. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. One thing have I desired that I will seek after. So it sounds as if there were so many things that were also happening in David's life as a king 
There were so many things that were happening that was also making it difficult for him to sometimes be in church. Do you understand? Sometimes be in church, such as certain appointments that he has to keep with other kings, certain things, people's cases that they have brought to him in his court that he will not have time to, you know, he has to address certain things as a king and was making him sometimes having to miss church. But one of the strongest desires in his heart, one of the strongest desires in his heart, even as he's keeping this appointment which he could not cancel or they were beyond his control, one thing that was strongest desire in his heart was that I would dwell in the house of the Lord. I wish these appointments were not there. I wish this was changed. Are you with me? That is what we are talking about. That strong desire to always dwell in the house of the Lord, to always have the opportunity. He has such a strong desire to have the opportunity to dwell in the house of the Lord, to dwell in, to be in church, and not to do anything, but to meditate, to meditate and behold the beauty of the Lord. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I will go after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. To inquire in his temple that I have desired. So there were times that he could not go to church. Do you understand? There were times that he could not go to church, but in his heart, he yearned to be in church. In his heart, it was, he was sad. It made him sad that ah, I have to be here. It made him sad that they have changed my schedule and I cannot come. It made him sad that they have made this appointment for him and he cannot come. Hallelujah. We are talking about one of the wealthiest men that ever lived. So it means as much as it was possible, he would rearrange his schedule. As much as it was possible, he would make it everything possible. He would do everything possible so that he can be in church. He will cancel certain appointments so he can be in church. Are you with me? He will, he, will, he will cancel some appointments that were ahead until church program came. He will cancel it so that he can be in the, point, the program. It means that he will take certain jobs. He will take certain jobs so that he can be in church. Or he will not take certain jobs that will take him away from church because it is never his desire. He says, one thing have I desired that I will seek after. He desired and seeking after. So he's seeking for a job that will make it possible for him to be in church. Or he will not take a job that will make it impossible for him to be in church. It means that David will take days off way in advance for a camp meeting. If the church is meeting, it is his desire to be there. So this is what we are talking about. It's not just lift your hands. Do you understand? So it means that he will make every arrangement possible. He says, one thing have I desired. That will I seek after. I will go after. 
Amen. Amen. It means David will take off for Passover festivals. Do you think David will work on Easter? When they have given him the whole year to request for a day off. Do you think David will work on Easter when the, the church is having convention? No. He will not. Or David will work on a Passover. Are you with me? So that is why, you know, these things, they descend. And that is why certain people, they say, no, you, I can work for you, but this day I can't work. I don't work on Saturdays. Saturdays I dwell in the temple of the Lord. And so you'll be surprised when people like this are being blessed. Amen. So this was David's heart. This was David's heart. His heart, you know, there were, there were impossible situations. There were situations where he could not be in church. There were situations where he couldn't, he couldn't attend certain meetings. Do you see? But there was a desire in his heart, regardless. There was a desire in his heart, a yearn in his heart to be in the house of God. So it was not surprising that God's eyes could not leave his heart. When the prophet Samuel went to look for a king, God says, forget about those people who are around and think that they want to be here. Forget about those people who dress up on Sundays and they, they, as if they want to be here. I am looking for a man inside his heart, something inside his heart that yearns, that desires to dwell in my cause, even when it's impossible. That is the kind of person I want as a king. That is the kind of person I'm choosing. So God was looking at what was in his heart. What was his desire? What was he seeking after? Amen. Amen. So we are not surprised that a person like this will win the heart of God. We are not surprised. That's why the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart. He's a man after God's own heart. His heart was all after God. Searching for God. Looking for God. Amen. And so God will prosper such a person. God will make such a person prosperous. A person who is not, is not to please people. It's not to show up that the reverend knows that I was there. Prophet Nathan knew I was in a meeting. That was not his, his desire. Was to dwell, it was his inner heart desire. To dwell in the house of the Lord. Amen. All the days of his life. If he had a way. If it wasn't that he has to pay his bills. You know he has phone bills to pay. And rent to pay. And so he has to work. If it wasn't for that. Then if he had a way. All he would want to do every day. Is to be in the temple. If there was a way that he had a wife. Who would be sacrificing to work. He would rather be in the house of God. And choir. Like you see, they don't come easily like that. You can't find it like that. So he has to work sometimes. Do you understand? You have to work. Am I preaching to you? I am ministering to your hearts. I want you to relate with the message. That yes, it is a weekend for you to be at work and church is going on, but let it trouble you. Let it be in your heart that it troubles you. That you are not here. 
you must have a dis- you must have you must have a continence that they see that something is wrong today. Why? Oh, we know why. Because it's Sunday and you are working. That is why. Wow. Your boss, you see, when um, Nehemiah was in the king's house, the his, the king could see that something was wrong with his continence. He realized that something is not right. So you see, your heart should make it such that I am not happy. I, I have to work. It's my weekend to work. I'm scheduled to be here. But if I had a way, I would dwell in the house of the Lord. Not like, oh, why were you not in church? Oh, Reverend, you didn't know. It's my, it's my one of my weekends, you know. This is my weekend to work, you know. It's the school. The school, the school. I've changed my classes. So Sundays, you know, I cannot come here. You know, uh, Sundays, Sundays. No, Reverend, these days you can't see me on Sundays. <laughs> Sundays. My professor is, uh, you see. <laughs> and you are okay. Okay with it. So it should be like, oh, why, why, why? I've not seen you two Sundays now. Oh, Reverend, the way my boss has, I, I, I can't even imagine how he can change my schedule like that. That now he has put me to work on Sunday. Me, a Christian, me. What can, can you imagine how I feel when I'm at work on Sunday? Can you imagine? Reverend, please pray for me. Lay hands on me. My boss's name is this. Mention his name. Let the Lord touch his heart to change his schedule. That I make way that he will release me. That is what is in your heart. That is what is in your heart. That is me. That is what is in your heart. But this, oh, why were you not at the Easter convention? Oh, Pharaoh. <laughs> Pharaoh got me again. Oh. Hilda, do you understand the word of God? So we are talking about a man after God's own heart. There are some people, it troubles them that they are at work. Even they are working on Sunday, they come here. They want to be here. Come and have praise and worship. So it, it shows that your heart, you want to be here. They come and help it, and then they go to work. It means that they, if they, it's, it's their desire to dwell in the courts of the Lord. It's their desire. But you work 6 p.m. You work 7 p.m. on Sunday evening. And you say, Reverend, I can't come to work. <laughs> I'm working. I'm working. What time do you go to work? 7 p.m. But I have to sleep, you know, Reverend. <laughs> It's never your heart desire. You don't want to be here. So we see, we read these things and then we, yeah, we read like that. Oh, one thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. Hey, David, he was special. He was super. But you can have a desire to dwell in the house. He was a wild man. Then we sing about it. Greg, do you understand the word of God? Yes. Amen. So this was David. This was David. So when there's one thing, it's not a problem for God to make you prosperous. 
It's not a problem for God to make you rich. God's desire is to make you prosperous, make you rich. David was rich. David was wealthy. Amen. God does not have any problem making you rich. If only you can turn your hearts into pursuing after his kingdom, into seeking after his kingdom. When there's one thing on your heart, when there's one thing that you desire, that you are seeking after, you do everything to get that one thing. You do everything. If there's one thing that you want, you go after it. You will seek after it. You will pursue it. You will run after it. You will chase it. If it is about green card, you pursue it. You will chase it. You will do the impossible to make it happen. Because one thing have I desired of the Lord that I would I seek after is to have my green card in this country. And you go after it. You fast about it. How often have you fasted that your schedule should be changed so that you can come to church? One thing have I desired that would I seek after is to come to America. Do you remember? Hey! Every prayer garden, we will find you there. Every prayer garden, you are there. As if you, 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 are, you are a lizard on the wall, like this. Praying, non-stop, praying, praying. They see you as if you are a lizard on the wall. The Lord has to move. You have to move. In this Ghana, I'm not staying. Your own country, I'm not staying. I am not staying. Your head. Hey. Hey. And the day before your interview, no food, no water, nothing, nothing. Atria Mountains, you are coming from there. You are coming from there directly for the interview because you don't want any sin, anything, anything to, any, to stain you. You don't want anything directly from Acha Mountains to American Embassy. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will I seek after. Oh, I'm seeking after it. I'm seeking after it. Amen. I'm seeking after it. You do everything. If you have to swim, if you have to come through some wilderness, snakes in the wilderness, you don't care. You are coming. America, here I come. Hey. <laughs> Release. The visa must be released. Satan, you are holding my visa. Release it. Release it. How often have you prayed? Satan, you are holding my days of dwelling in the course of the Lord. Release it. Amen. You see the sea, we will cross. We will cross the sea. We will come. We will cross. 
We are coming. One thing have I desired. Hey. When a man is after a woman. That he desires to have the woman. Hey. He will do everything. 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 Pursuing. Pursuing. Take the woman out. You are hungry, but you say you are not hungry. You say, eat. You are sitting there. You say, when you eat and I look at you, I feel full. I just can watch you eating. Just chew in your mouth. It makes me full. When you are drinking, it gives me satiety. I feel satisfied. When I see, I look at you drinking. Just drinking. Just drink. You say, what would you eat? Oh, you are hungry. But you are pursuing after the woman. Amen. When a woman wants to marry a man. He says, oh, you like this? He said, wow, how? Me too, I like this. <laughs> he said, I don't seem to understand how we agree on everything. Everything you say, I'm flowing. I, I don't know. It's like one spirit has just... <laughs> it's like a perfect match. He said, these are the kind of books you like. Hey, ah, Lord, what is this? <laughs> What is happening? Lord, these are the books I like also. Lie, 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 lie. Lie, lie. <laughs> lie, lie. You tell her, you say, my favorite color is green. She'll go and buy green dresses. Everything, earring green, hair green. Everything, shoes green. Everything green. Flowing. Flowing. Do everything. She wants a ring on her finger. Everything. One thing I want, one thing have I desired that will I seek after is this man. I will have him. You will put a ring on my finger. You will marry me. You will marry me. Hey. Say so one thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after. But God looked in David's heart. God looked in David's heart. And he says, One thing, one thing have I desired of the Lord. So they, the Lord told Samuel, he says, Don't look at them outside, their green dresses and their look in the heart. Look in the heart. He says, I look inside the heart. What is in their heart? Because there are some people, they desire to be in the house of the Lord because of what they do. But tonight, I am ministering to you that let it be in your heart that it is your desire to dwell in the house of the Lord. Your desire to be in the temple of God. To behold the beauty of the Lord. To inquire of the Lord. Let it be in your heart like that. And the Lord will prosper you. And God will bless you. God will make you mighty rich in the name of Jesus. He says, seek me, seek ye first the kingdom and its righteousness. And he will add, it's not difficult for the Lord to make you prosperous, to bless you. 
beloved, let it be your heart desire. Let it, listen, let us, let us believe in the scriptures. Let us believe the Bible. You see, we are not experiencing the miracles that are in the Bible. We are not experiencing them because we don't believe them and we don't do them. But let it be your heart desire. Yes, it's understandable. You cannot be here. But let it be your heart desire. This is what I want. This is what I really desire to be, where I want to be. This is where I want to be. And the Lord will bless you. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Let us bring your service to a close. Full and grateful tonight. We thank you for your word, O oh God. Lord, as you have given us the opportunity to come before you, O oh God. Lord, we pray, O oh God, that you will touch our hearts. Lord, let there be a touch in our hearts. Father, transform our hearts tonight. That we will have the spirit of David. We will have the heart of David. That seeks after you, O oh God. That pursues after you. That goes after you, O oh God. That this will be our heart desire. To dwell in your temple. To dwell in your courts. All the days of our lives. Father, make it possible for us also. Let it us, O oh God, be possible for us to say with David. That this is our heart desire. To dwell in your courts. All the days of our lives. We thank you, Lord. We glorify your name. We thank you, Father, for a special touch in our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here tonight. I want to give you the opportunity. You are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity to receive Christ as your Savior. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my savior is there anyone here like that you want to give your life to christ you want to receive jesus as your personal savior anyone here like that father we are thankful and we are grateful we thank you lord in the name of jesus we give you glory we give you honor we thank you lord for the gift of salvation receive glory and honor for the sacrifice you made for us in the name of Jesus we pray and all the saints join and say with me a big amen we believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message we invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our dual of heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our word power service for more messages by Reverend Brighton Kuma please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247 0738. Stay blessed.